Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If. Only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hello, welcome back to the Psych Legal Pop Podcast. This is a podcast where we talk about popular culture through the lens of an attorney and a therapist. I'm the therapist, Tess Brigham. And I'm the attorney, Brooke Brigham. And today we are talking about Love Has Won, The Cult of Mother God. This is a documentary on HBO Max or Max, whatever they're calling it now, um, about uh, Mother God, aka Amy Carlson, and her, uh, I guess I would say it's definitely a cult, <laughs> her group yeah, of I people. Think that's clear. And um, so, uh, just, you know, high level, Brooke, <laughs> what did you think of this documentary? It was, it was wild. You know, it, the first, so it's, it's three hours. The first hour, I was just kind of like, who are all these people? I mean, it was very hard to keep track of who these people were and just getting the background. But once I figured that out and it got into, okay, like we're, in, we're, we're into it now. Um, then it just, it got really, uh, it was, it got really dark. Um, it was really interesting to hear that so many of the former cult members interviewed um, oh not all yes and current cult members a lot of these people yeah, are well, still that's a, yeah they still talk as if they're in the cult yeah that's what i was trying to mm-hmm. distinguish because a lot of times in these documentaries you know they're former cult members and so they're looking back on their experience and uh they're out of it now um, but yeah, I, I felt it felt like to me that most of these people, not every, every one of them, but most of them were still kind of in the cult, but they don't really have a leader, mm-hmm. you know. So anyway, it's, it's and it's I don't know, it's sad. It's it's a this is it's a lot of yeah, a lot of emotions. Well, and it was also because I was looking back on my notes and, and I felt the same way I, you did, which was in the beginning, it was hard to figure out, okay, what's happening? Where are we? What's going on? Mm-hmm. And the other part of it, too, is the way in which the filmmakers edited this story. They sort of trickle. You, you learn a bit about Amy 
in each segment. You know, mm-hmm. you don't really know much about Amy and her childhood, actually, until the end. You learn yeah. a little bit about Amy, you know, a little bit about her life in the first episode. The second episode, you learn more about her, you know, her adulthood, early adulthood. Um, and then you go back in time again, and then you learn a little bit about her childhood. And so it was very odd. It was just a little bit of, and I kept trying to think like, what is the filmmaker trying to tell me about Amy? Is this good story? Is this the story that you're trying to tell me? I understood the boyfriend thing when they were talking about boyfriends, when we meet Jason Castillo, because he's a character, but yeah, it was a little <laughs> odd of like how how are we how are you sprinkling all of this information in because are you making are you wanting us to like Amy are you wanting us to empathize with her because the I would think me I'm the empathize I'm the empathetic one and the more I I wanted to empathize with her but honestly the minute I heard she left her kids I'm like you're an asshole. I stopped caring. I stopped empathizing with her. I kind of like didn't like her after that. Mm-hmm. And it was hard for me as a mother to kind of rally and and empathize with her again and and try to yeah. try to care about her. And I and I think that obviously there was a lot y- you know, obviously there's a lot more going on there and I and I think that there was a lot more pain and um, maybe some mental illness. I don't know. I don't, I don't really know what was going on, but I'm still confused about what the filmmaker was trying to convey to us about Amy. Well, the sense I got was that, you know, she really didn't have, um, a great childhood. Uh, And I think there was, she left, so she and her sister, her parents got divorced when she and her sister were very young. She was living with her. She and her sister lived with their dad and their stepmother. And mm-hmm. they ended up having to leave that home and go back with their mom because the stepmother was abusive and mostly towards Amy. And so mm-hmm. I think she had some childhood trauma, obviously, and then, um, you know, had to move to another state. And then she seemed to be doing well, you know, she was pretty and popular and whatever. And then, but then she got pregnant at, at 20 and had two mm-hmm. babies back to back with two different guys. And she then, had three kids. Didn't she end up yeah, having she, three children? Yeah. She later met, men? yeah, she met another man later after her kids were mm-hmm. a few years old. Yeah. And then they had a child. And, um, I, to me, it seemed like she was just this person who just couldn't handle that her life had you know, here she is 25 years old or whatever, and this is her life. And like mm-hmm. what she thought her life was going to be was just not matching up with what was happening. And so she wanted to escape. And then, mm-hmm. so, so she escaped. She, yes, yeah, she left her children behind um, to be cared for by uh, her family. And then she started having these bad relationships with controlling men and, um, you know, kind of went from relationship to relationship and she developed like addiction. Um, you know, she really just wanted to check out and I don't, I don't know Mm -hmm. when she developed all these ideas that she, about this, that she was God, basically, that's what they Mm -hmm. believe that she is God. She is Jesus, you know, in, you know, the second coming or whatever. 
they a lot of stuff. They just sort of throw a whole bunch of ideas together, <laughs> this hodgepodge mm-hmm, yeah. of um, things, and, and, and made up this cult and says she can heal people and she's healed people of cancer and she's done this and she's done that. And all the while, this is another thing, the footage of the documentary, you don't really even hear from her that much. Like she's mm-hmm. there in the scenes because she lives in this communal house with like about 25 of the top, you know, cult members who run mm-hmm. everything for her. And she's basically always like drunk or passed out or, you know, high. She doesn't really talk a lot because she's just always out of it. And it's mm-hmm. like, when does she, when, when is she, you know, doing all of her um, proselytizing, you know, to get these people, recruit these people through YouTube or whatever um, yeah. to get into the cult. Well, I think that she did. I think it was one of those things where she did it in the beginning. And mm-hmm. I think she did it in the beginning. She got these people and then they became the substitute for it. And she was like, great, I can just check out now. Mm-hmm. And I think that she, I, I also think that from what I witnessed, I think she has a very addictive personality. I think you're right. I think that she has been looking for ways to check out for a long, long time. Mm-hmm. And I obviously she did not deserve what happened to her. She did not deserve to be abused as a child. You know, all of that is really horrible, but you know, it sounds like she has been looking for ways and she has been looking for ways to deal with her problems, except for actually dealing with her problems. And, you know, she start. it started with food I think she then went in an opposite direction of first it was addicted to food and then you're addicted to controlling your food because she did Mm -hmm. have issues with food. And then I think, I think that it was an addiction to Ben, an addiction to love. And because she obviously mom pointed it out, like any guy that treated her nicely, she really was not interested in. Mm -hmm. So she was definitely addicted to love and addicted to a certain kind of love. And then we see in, I think she got, and then I think she got addicted to spirituality. I think mm-hmm. she got addicted to light and love and I am this and I'm that. And I think that this, I think somewhere in her mind, I think that each thing she was looking for some answers, some answer that yeah. would make her cure her, make her feel better. This man will make me feel better. These ding dongs will make me feel better. Mm-hmm. This drug will make me feel better. And then once she had all these followers and they were accepting this idea of alcohol, weed, cigarettes, me sleeping, me doing this, me doing that, me acting out, all of this is okay. This is part of this process. She was able to just go full hog into being this person. She obviously had a shopping addiction. She had like, she just, she just became gluttonous towards the end yeah. in a way and they you know, all said that I, she she yeah. loved attention she really loved attention and she thrived on that and what who what, was it the first father of god uh, who told her that she was the mother of god or who who told her that i thought one of those men told her that Amor- she, Am- what was his name amorous 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 yeah I the guy who I think it was with it with the him? white beard yeah yeah he also said twin flames Maybe we're oh. twin flames. I was like, oh, twin they, flames came up many times. Many times they said twin flames. Yeah. Well, yeah, that was supposed to be her twin flame, Amareth. Yeah. And he was <laughs> called Father God. And 
Yeah. Um, yeah, I think he was the one who, you know, started this whole thing <laughs> with her and basically told her that he was yes. father God and she was mother God and helped her get the cult going, you know, together. <laughs> they, yeah, uh, I think he he kind of thought that maybe they would be together. But this whole thing, I'm, and I'm sorry, but the way this whole thing works is she, so what she told people was that she is mother God. She is here, but she has had many, many past lives. She's been many different mm -hmm. things in past lives. She's been Marilyn Monroe in a past life. She's been, um, some, you know, maybe Cleopatra, you know, some different things. And that at the same time, and that she's here to, she has no traumas. She's here to take on everybody's trauma and pain, which is why she has all these pains, which is why she has to smoke weed and drink and do all of mm -hmm. these things in order to deal with everyone's pain. And she has to, and this was my favorite part of this was she has these galactic a team. <laughs> so the galactic a team is made up of a group of people who all happen to be famous. Dead celebrities. Enough, yeah. That are essentially Except dead celebrities and Trump. <laughs> <laughs> And but the main ambassador was Robin is Robin Williams. <laughs> yeah. Robin so, talked to her every day. Oh, somewhere. my God. All the time. Robin was talking to her and telling her stuff. Yeah. But I I paused it and wrote down. Did you see some of these people? This was I'll just, I'm going to tell you like a good chunk of these people. So it was Robin Williams, Trump, David Bowie, Carrie Fisher, Patrick Swayze, Whitney Houston, Michael Jackson, Tupac, Leonard Nimoy, Steve Irwin, the crocodile hunter, <laughs> John Denver, John Ritter, Jim Henson, Kenny Rogers, Christopher Reeve, Kermit. I think that was with Jim. Kermit. Henson, Walt Disney, <laughs> Walt Disney and Mickey Mouse, Regis Philbin, oh. Bob Marley, Mr. Rogers, George Michael, George Burns, Prince, and John Lennon. And I'm sure some there's some others wow. they didn't recognize. Okay. I just want to point something out here because I, I was doing some math with Amy. So Amy died in 2001. She was 45, mm -hmm. which makes her a Gen Xer. And we are Gen Xers. These are all Gen X people. Do you mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like the majority of these are all, not all these people are Gen Xers themselves, but these are all significant people to Gen Xers. Like mm -hmm. John Ritter and Prince, um, Robin yeah. Williams uh, were yeah. on TV when we were young. Jim Henson, um, the Muppets. Jim Henson, yeah. Muppets was a big deal. And, you know, we grew up listening to the Beatles. John Lennon died at a significant time for all of us. You know, George Burns was in our household. Walt Disney, like... Leonard Nimoy, like all of these people, Whitney Houston, Carrie Fisher, Star Wars, right? Like Tupac, all of these people are, I just thought that was hilarious that all of these people, none of them were like turn of the century. Ga Charlie Gandhi. Chaplin was, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it wasn't Gandhi. It wasn't Mother Teresa, but it also wasn't Charlie Chaplin. It wasn't like mm -hmm. Teddy Roosevelt. Do you know what I mean? Calvin Coolidge, even an unknown no, president. These it are was just all her favorite celebrities. Yes. You know? It was yeah. all Gen X icons. Yeah. <laughs> I, just got, I just had to laugh at that. I was just like, you've got to be kidding me. But with such seriousness, her followers are following, yes. like thinking this with such seriousness. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. Yeah. 
But then something happened with the first father god. I I, I forget how they broke up. But then basically, oh, but she father, her, she was like she was like this guy's 150 years old. I don't want to be. Yeah, yeah. And basically, whoever was her boyfriend, that was the new father god. So she hooked up yeah. with this guy Andrew, and he became. Uh, or no, wait, was the next one Michael? No, no, no. Well, Michael. So it was it was it Michael or Miguel? Because they called him different names. So what I don't know if his real name was Arch- Michael or Miguel. They Arch- called him my Archang- Archangel yeah. Michael. So he, that guy, I swear to God, when I first saw that guy at the beginning of the thing, I said to myself, this guy, I don't trust him. I don't trust him as far as I can throw him. He's going to do something shady. And he, he was, was the money guy, right? He was the, he money, was the guy. money guy. Yeah. He basically thought that Amy cured his cancer. And in the back of my mind, I'm like, I don't think he thinks Amy cured his cancer. I think he thought he saw some money signs. So yeah. basically he was good with computers and he was in, he was in finance and he came out and he basically was like, you, the name of your, he and Andrew and Andrew, Andrew also he Andrew saw started following Amy because he was addicted to painkillers. So she was attracting and that that's the mm-hmm. other thing all the people that she was attracting or vi- people that were also in pain like her. Mm-hmm. So he was looking for something in his life. He finds her. He wasn't even that interested in her. She kind of threw herself at him and he was like, okay, well, I'll just go along with it. But he's the one that said, you know, marketing and branding wise, you should really change this too. And they changed it to love as one. So it was Andrew and this Michael Miguel who really mm. kind of got the business rolling for her. Um, and then she started doing these like awakening sessions and she was, quote-unquote curing people of cancer and doing all this stuff um gosh how convenient yeah and she said that she was a hundred percent life um but andrew noticed that pretty early on he was like she was a hundred percent light but she was drinking herself into oblivion Mm -hmm. and he was like we can't keep you know come on this is this isn't true you can't keep saying these things and they basically said to andrew get on board or not Mm -hmm. and andrew's like i gotta get off you know no bye and he leaves and those two keep going yeah and then the next one was the next he he she thought he was the next father god but he says that he knew he wasn't this guy john and it looks like they just they just kind of hooked up and fooled around and um she gave him the name father yeah sorry father multiverse whatever that (laughs) means (laughs) so he wasn't an official father god he's father multiverse so he has a some status i guess and then we yeah we meet some some of her main followers. We meet Faith, who's also she's already a spiritual healer, and she comes in to heal. We meet Hope, whose real name is Ashley, and who um, you know we later learn that around the time that she joined, she had just lost her job and broke up with her boyfriend. We meet Aurora, who's originally from South Florida, who was graduated from in uh, high school in two thousand and eight. We meet El Moira, whose dad died of Oxycontin. We meet Mary, who's 60, whose marriage descended. See, again, like you see a pattern with all mm-hmm. of these people. They All these people were at a point in their lives where they were like, my life is falling apart. Yeah. I don't know what to do. And they were just, you, you. I think that she said to every single person, you should come out here. I see such potential in you. I see such light in you. Like every single yeah. person that did a healing session with her, 
I think she said the exact same thing because that was when she said to that Jason Castillo, you are so brilliant. He was so oh, rocked his world. That. Yeah. Oh my God. Because he was like, I am. And it was like, you know, it just hit this narcissism and button. In well, and also nobody, was. nobody had ever, he said, nobody had ever used that word to describe me. No, I think no one's ever said a nice thing to him. He's probably had a shitty, you know, upbringing and you know no one ever said you're brilliant or complimented him in any way and yeah all of these people are coming from some situation where they feel out of control and then along comes a cult leader who offers control and offers you know tells you what to do and mm-hmm. you know offers all this structure and all this um and tells you, you know, you're brilliant and, and wonderful yeah, love bombing you know as they call it now um so, yeah, this is all classic, classic cult behavior. And then what was this whole thing about Q that they were talking about? Q wasn't for Q and on Q is Q is for Q, Queen Mother, Mother God. Well, I think I, I got the sense that they were because Q and on is just all conspiracy theories. And they were really into conspiracy theories like they had conspiracy oh. theories about Hitler and um, Trump, like they were Trump fans, because of course they he's were Trump part fans. of the galactic whatever. Um, yes, but yeah, they thought they thought everybody was, um, you know, everyone is out to get Trump. So anything that had anything to do with conspiracies, they were they were on board with. They were not living in reality. They, mm-hmm. yeah. But they had to, they had to sell merch. This was my favorite. So they're selling products, sage, cleansing tools, crystals, and letters written by Robin Williams. <laughs> of course. <laughs> the main, the main galactic member, A team member. He, Robin Williams' name is mentioned like once every 10 minutes in this documentary. And I'm wondering about Robin Williams' family. I if know they're, they're probably like, like what, what the, the f? Hell? Wait a minute, r- written by him? You can't claim that. Can you claim that you have a letter written by someone who didn't write the letter? Well, I mean, no. But look what you're dealing with here. You're dealing with crazy <laughs> people. But but yeah, the, it's like I'd be like, keep Robin Williams' name out of your mouth, people. Like just <laughs> let it go. And they're also selling this colloidal 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 silver. Yeah, which apparently is take, you know, the pharmaceutical companies don't want you to know about this because if they did, if you yes. knew about the silver, it would take them down. And so, and they're selling it and making it and selling it. I they're still making don't really it like understand the, what this stuff is like a meth lab. It's yeah. It's like they're cooking meth. Uh, my understanding is, okay. It's just like shavings of silver. Like they would take anything silver, like a part of a lighter, you know, the tip of a lighter, um, you know, that with that's that's not even real silver. It's like metal, but they'd shave it down and you put the shavings into some sort of uh, liquid. I'm not sure what the liquid is. It's, it looks like thicker than water, but, you know, it's just <laughs> I, I mean, and I guess it does have some in low doses, some medicinal uses. But these people, mm-hmm. they just, you know, like towards the end, it was really sad because they were so convinced that this stuff could cure anything and um, mother God is getting sicker and sicker and they're just giving her more and more of it. And it's just poisoning her. And it's just really gross. Yeah. But, um, and then that's the end of part one. And we meet, we meet father of all creation. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. 
And, and he's always what? shirtless. <laughs> shirtless. <laughs> he's always shirtless. If you're wondering what father of all creation is like, people, <laughs> he's shirtless and has an ankle monitor. <laughs> He's he's on probation of some sort. He's got a big old ankle monitor. They show him getting out of the shower. Like, what is this, The Bachelor? Like, he's like coming out of the shower with hey, ladies or gentlemen, whatever floats your boat. They they zero right in on the ankle monitor, and he's got this very very long hair that he puts in a ponytail, and it's just like, oh my god, who is this? Like. I mean, I mean, but I think the filmmakers were like, oh, yes, we've got to show all of this. This guy is yeah. classic. I mean, just all of it. The way in which he ate pizza, the way he ate shitty $10 pizza mm-hmm. in this crappy hotel, motel, and just the self-importance of it all. And <laughs> yes, no shirt and just all of it. I mean, he is he is a character like calling the person up. Hey, how's it going? Uh, yeah, I'm on probation. I've got to tell you. Yeah, he's, he's got to check in with in. his parole officer. Yeah. It's like, and then, oh, don't make this more than it is. Here's a couple of, uh, these were my favorite lines. He says his last job in the earth realm, he, he ran a blockbuster. <laughs> yes. So I guess he was, he was the manager. It was a while probably ago. The, it was probably the assistant manager at blockbuster. And they promised him all this stuff. You know, that the store was going to be his and but he was only making nine dollars an hour. And so, you know, he said, this is bullshit. But then he also said that the Matrix is real and everyone is enslaved in it. And I don't know, Mm -hmm. I just didn't get the sense that he was very spiritual. I got the sense that he was just very self-important. Like he just thought he was some sort of God walking around on Earth. And, you know, well, I think I think Jason's done a lot of math. I think J- yeah. I think Jason is I think I agree with you. I don't think Jason has had a great life. I think Jason has probably been on his own for a long long time. I don't think he's the brightest bulb. And but I do think he's street smart. And I think oh, yeah. that he and I think that he's done a lot of drugs and um and I think that he does has done a lot of meth and I think that he um and I think he kind of knows I think he can go there. And I think he can, I think he, I think he kind of knows it's all not real, but I think he can kind of also figure out how to put himself there to be real. Do you know what I mean? I think, I think he can kind of like, kind of figure out how to get himself there. I don't know. Yeah. Well, one of the other members said that basically uh, they knew him like from before or something and said that. He basically had been living on the streets. You know, he has a criminal past, you know, hence the ankle bracelet. Yeah. And he's just kind of a hustler. You know, he always. Yeah. A long, long rap sheet. Yeah. He always kind of makes it work somehow. And and he saw Amy, our mother of God, whatever. um, I think he saw her as a meal ticket. And Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm sure he cared about her whatever yeah. well but, but he's but he was very clear like because because the other person who said him said you know he had a long rap sheet and that he was living on the streets and that he had child you know issues with children like child issues but it was child neglect not child abuse like that he wasn't someone who was abusing children but like neglecting children like probably not paying child support or probably abandoning children or something like that mm-hmm. like 
he's not a good guy, but he's not, you know, awful. <laughs> you know, he's not awful on that level. So, but the thing is, is that he, and, and I think he made it pretty clear to us that he walked into this giant house and was like, oh, this is nice. This is good living. And very clearly realized, I don't want to, I don't want to be a servant to these people. I want to be, I want to be in charge. How do I be mm-hmm. in charge? Oh, I, I snuggle up to this head person mm-hmm. and I, you know, I give her what she wants. And, you know, he figured out pretty quickly, oh, she likes bad boys. So here I go. Yeah. And no, he did it. He's working it. And so when mom would pass out, (laughs) you know, Jason made everybody's lives hell. He would play heavy metal music and he would, you know, um, and uh, and that's when we hear the whole backstory of Amy's life about how she attracted the worst boyfriends and bad relationships and these guys that were controlling and and all of that. Um, And then apparently, I guess then there was this habit of Jason, this was Jason would leave on the weekends to go do meth <laughs> and then come back on Monday and have to go stay in the basement for a while. And then there was this cycle continuing and happening all the time. So mm-hmm. um, basically, mom got mad. And so she needed to go to Oregon. And if Jason really cared about her, he would find her. And then the rest of the team had to go to Crestone. Um, and then 24 days later, Jason found her. So they must have yeah. told him where she was. They just probably gave him no money and yeah, said, figure said out he, how to get there. He arrived in, um, Oregon. Was it Mount? Oh, wherever she was. He arrived with 11 shirtless with 11 cents in his pocket. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> but, but by God, he got there. <laughs> He's like, I'm not stupid. They didn't I give him a shirt for that. Yeah. I mean, what was he hitchhiking, you know, shirtless? I mean, I don't. <laughs> yes. So yes. Weird. God knows what Jason did to get up there, but he got up there. Yeah. So the Galactics told them uh, th- they said that, ha- yeah, half the people would go to Crestone, Colorado, and then um, Amy and um, some, some uh, other people went to Oregon. And oh my God. So when they're in Oregon in this house that, looked pretty nice like but the neighbors hated them you know because of course they're a cult you know a cult has moved into their neighborhood and also they they didn't like the fact that they smoked cigarettes all the time and they said you know this mm-hmm. is high fire danger drought you know this is you're gonna set you're <laughs> gonna set the place on fire and by jove somebody did this ding dong i don't know what her name is but aaron but Aaron. hold on, but it wasn't from cigarettes. Well, it was no. from sage. She was burning some sage, you know, as one does. And somehow it got out of control. And literally, the and they show the entire house engulfed in flames. <laughs> and like, the, was it Jason who was kind of narrating this? Yeah, he's he's kind yeah. of laughing about it. He's literally They're all kind of laughing about yeah, it. Yeah, because you know what? They don't give a shit. They they don't pay for any of this. They didn't pay for this isn't their home that they paid for. They're just like freeloaders who are just traveling around and they'll just get some more money off the internet from people mm-hmm. and go find some other place to stay. And they just kind of laughed and nonchalantly just walked away from this burning house that probably eventually started a forest fire. 
Yeah. I mean, yeah. that was nuts. That was nuts. Was. Yeah. And then so they just left Oregon and went to uh, went to Colorado um and just got some big old broken down house and that was their yeah. new headquarters and that's what they did. They yes. just had all these headquarters where they would just all live together and they filmed their live stream. They basically live streamed yeah. their lives. Just like all these did. other documentaries, they recorded everything. Yeah. Everything was filmed. Everything. everything. I mean, it was just like here she is being wheeled in a wheelchair up a ramp. It's being filmed like yeah. the fire, you know, Jason finds her that's being filmed. Like everything is filmed. And these people are not good actors that I believe that they recreated things. Oh, no. I mean, this is so yeah, what is, their life. is this? So if you're starting a cult, do you know eventually you're going to get caught and there's going to be a documentary about you? And you're like, well, we better film everything. No, I mean, I, I just don't understand these people. Why are you filming everything? Well, they have to film it to get people who are watching it to feel like they're part of it. So they'll give money. Yes, you know? that so, part so, I understand. But why do you need to film Jason finding her or the fire? Well, or they're narcissists. I mean, they just they they uh, think that the, they think that they're making history. Like, I think, you know, they're yeah. here with Mother God who's going to ascend. And then I don't know what happens after she ascends. Then what? What is the world healed and cured? And like, what is the end game here? Yeah. If what what's going to happen? She, she's just going to be gone. Like the world's not, they, do they think the world's going to all of a sudden be perfect? Well, that's the thing is, is that they dis, despite, I mean, that's what a lot of people, why people li leave cults is that the thing that the cult leader says yeah. is going to happen never happens. Happen. Yeah. And because it doesn't happen, doesn't happen. People finally realize like, Oh, this is not true. And, you know, we'll get into this because eventually Mother God does, quote unquote, ascend. Um, but, you know, that's I think that if Amy hadn't uh, died, I do wonder if these people would still be speaking her gospel, because in some ways it kind of say it kind of saved her mission because she did eventually ascend she because did she die, did deteriorate. Yeah. She did actually they watched her deteriorate and die. And it kind of went along with her with, you know, a little bit of a self-fulfilling prophecy. Um, but yeah, that's the thing. I don't, what do these, what do these people think that there, there is now a new mother God that's going to show up? Because if technically she was once Marilyn Monroe and now she was Amy Carlson, shouldn't she then reappear as someone new mm -hmm. in theory? Shouldn't there a new mother God? Hello, people. You know what? Yeah, if the, you really want to start a cult, yeah, hey, there you claim go. Claim your Say, mother God. You're back in. That's all you got to do. Get in touch with Hope and Aurora, and they'll get the live yeah. stream going. Just and say Robin Williams <laughs> told me. Amy Robin and Robin Williams. Me. Yes, this is how you know I'm for real. Robin Williams told me to contact. Yes, you and that we and Amy go. Yes, whatever. <laughs> up, but so up, so up then, in arrow in heaven. Then they start this era where. They get into like the extreme food control, and so basically yes, they start. They, yeah. they start recording. The, uh, what was it? Was that Hope? Was uh, the one who? Yes. Um, she records in a notebook basically everything that Mother God does, says every day, down to she's documenting how many times she sneezes, and documenting well, because yes, her because weight. Hope and Aurora. They're in the room with her because Mother God is training them to speak to Robin. 
so that they can speak to Robin to connect with the Galactics to get the protocols. And to tell them what to eat. She said yes, this because the God she, and Galactics agree, need to tell her what to eat. Yes. Yeah. And um, yeah, then the Galactics also told them that they need to move their their live stream to 6 a.m. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it's just the most random, random stuff. My my favorite is a, an ex, etheric, an etheric meeting. So she would go yeah. into these etheric meetings. To, to me and you, it looks like she was sleeping. Yeah, she's napping. But really, she's... <laughs> But no, Brooke, but she was she's in a meeting. She's speaking to the gods in this meeting, but but she's sleeping. But to you and me, it looks like she's sleeping, but she's really in this meeting. I'm like, God damn it. These cult leaders are pretty fucking smart. I mean, how did I not come up with that one? Is that a a real word? Is etheric a real world? Like, I don't know. I don't know. Etheric meeting. Basically, meaning what is so now every time I'm napping, I'm just gonna say I'm in an etheric meeting. It's Um, a oh, etheric. What is the meaning of etheric of or relating to the heavens or a spiritual world or plane of existence? So maybe she was during these naps, she this is how she was communicating with Robin Williams and the rest of yes, the the crew, but the rest of us just saw it as sleeping, but yeah. And then this is when we meet we meet Sarah, who's a former member, who, again, was in a very vulnerable place. She had had this horrible disease. She didn't know what was going on. She was in a coma for 10 days. She had a half a million dollars in medical bills. And um, this is where we first learn about the food thing where she wanted to she had money of her own. She just showed up there in Colorado and she felt a lot of love. They were very loving towards her. But she wanted to buy pizza and Miguel Michael was like, oh, no, we don't spend money on pizza. We don't spend money on food. We don't do that. That it became that the less food you ate, the higher your vibration would be. Mm-hmm. And it comes out how Amy had issues with food and that she had an eating disorder growing up and that she always struggled with her weight. And... um so again, just like all these other cults, it becomes, and, and you can see in the film and the footage, everyone, everyone becomes skinnier and skinnier. Oh yeah. They're, they're wasting away. Um, yeah. One of the guys said he lost like over a hundred pounds or something. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause they have food restriction and also sleep restriction. Yeah. So you don't and, need food or sleep. Yeah. And then the obsessive logging of the weight and, um, yeah, and 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 they're still just asking people for money. Like, if Amy wanted something, they'd go on and say, "Oh, Amy wanted a go kart," and mm-hmm. and and they're like, "Mom needs a go kart. She should have a go kart." You know, come on. You know, getting trying to get people to donate more money and give more money, mm-hmm. and whatever Amy wanted, she got it. And yeah, that money was. And still then coming during in. this time, she was becoming more, and when you heard it, she was becoming more abusive and mean and yelling and throwing fits. Mm-hmm. And they were being told that it was like another vessel that was yelling at them. Like they would use basically Robin Williams. Like Robin Williams was coming through her yelling at them. I'm like, God damn it! Don't yeah. keep They're blaming Robin Williams' name. Don't blame They're blaming this on Robin him. Williams. Yeah. No, d- d- bitch, you're no, drunk. she's just being you're drunk. A, yeah. Yeah, you're a being diva. an obnoxious drunk, you know? Yes. You're, you're being awful. And 
And the reality is, yeah, you're drunk, you're an addict, and you are you and you want what you want when you want it, and you've gotten used to it, and you're being a fucking bitch. And that's what was happening. But instead, they're all the followers are like, <laughs> mom is in such a mood. <laughs> because she's processing. So she she has to process all of the pain of all humanity. That's the yes. excuse. And that's why she and, gets so nasty. And then she has to drink to feel better so she can pass out and just get a, a, yeah. get a rest, you know. Yes. <laughs> and then we see this close-up video of her. And oh, my God. I mean, th- she yeah. looks awful, awful. And they keep telling her, like, oh, this is the pain. This is humanity, you know. But the thing is, is no, it's not, people. It's alcoholism. It's, the, it's what she's doing to her body. It's like they're talking about all the pain. It's like, no, she's she, these are just these are symptoms of alcoholism and and. Um, not having enough nutrients in your mm-hmm. body. I mean, her diet was horrendous. Velveeta, cheese, and bread, and pasta, and you know, yeah, she had horrible skin. Well, she had and, it was, and she all had these, of this stuff. She had these boils like all over her body, all over her mm-hmm. face and her body. Very, I mean, yeah, she just she looked like she was dying, and she was dying. And this is like the yeah. beginning of her. Um, physical deterioration that leads to her death and i think she's just drinking vodka all the time oh in fact yeah when when they were fleeing was it when they were fleeing the fire i forget when it was but they were talking about how uh one of the women said she uh went into the house to grab mom's vodka like that's what they that's what they took Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know the house is burning we gotta like make sure we get the vodka well one of them said something about like, oh, she has all these different medicines. And they said, well, to the untrained eye, it would seem like mom was an alcoholic. And it's like, <laughs> well, some of us are trained. She's an alcoholic. She's a raging alcoholic. Yeah. She's like, not what? eating. Th- why? We're she's, not stupid. Yeah. She's not eating. She's like throwing up all day. She's like yeah. under 100 pounds. She's got the skin thing. Then... She starts to lose her ability. She has, I don't know if it's nerve damage or she's just so weak. And so, um, uh, you know, she can't walk, you know, she, she has to be carried everywhere. She cannot even stand up. Her feet get all weird. Um, yeah, she's dying. She's actively dying. Well, also, you know, gout is a common Um, symptom of alcoholism it could have been gout it could have been like it could have been you know she could have had gout and some other things and she probably could have walked but like yeah when you're an anorexic and you don't get enough nutrients and you know low potassium you know low everything Mm -hmm. like you yeah things start to happen to you it's very serious but so basically so they're they're seeing that amy's deteriorating so the big conclusion is humanity did not choose god so the galactic team, they need to evacuate her and because of the deterioration process. So Robin Williams says, <laughs> it's time. <laughs> but Amy needs to be 103, 104 pounds, 103 yeah, pounds to get the on ide- the starship. That's the ideal weight for ascension, <laughs> 103 or 104, according to Robin Williams. Robin Williams. <laughs> R.I.P. <laughs> God. So, and then during this time, like Amy calls her Earth family, mm-hmm. and it's interesting. I was really surprised the mom didn't go to see her, like because she was 
worried. She afraid said she of was afraid. Well, I think she was afraid of what she would see, and I don't blame her. She hasn't seen Amy mm. in what twenty years, twenty plus years, mm. and I, I don't so. know if she if she was watching the live stream or you know if she knows anything about what's going on or what she's doing. But I could understand that. Yeah. So, so instead, I don't know. They, I, I go ahead. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I just, I was kind of surprised. I would think mom would want to like take whatever opening she had to, to try and see if she could save her. But so of course the irony of all of this, right. Is, is that she is dying. She desperately probably could have lived if she got medical help, got Mm -hmm. some sort of intervention, but, and, and, and apparently Amy would say at times, maybe I should go to the hospital Mm -hmm. and her followers would be like, Oh no, we would never take you to a hospital. We know you would never go what they call like 3d, Mm -hmm. 3d, 5d. What is it? It's 3d. We live in 3d and they're in 5d. Is that the matrix? I, I, Who's, is I the guess. Matrix 5D or 3D? Are we in the know. Matrix or are they I've in the never, Matrix? I'm so I've confused. I've never seen the Matrix. I don't know anything. But yeah, but basically because Amy had been telling them for all these years that hospitals were evil and um, yeah. they, they didn't cure people, they killed people and only she could cure people. And at this, and they're also still plying her with more and more and more of this um, coital, colloidal, colloidal, um silver. And they're just giving her the sicker she gets, the more of it they give to her, which is making her sicker. Mm-hmm. And it's just, oh, it's it's horrible to watch. But yeah, but you know, no, the galactic, the spaceship never came. Um, yeah. That, but well, then the galactic just, team told her, well, you know what? You know where you're going to ascend? Hawaii. You, ha- yes. you need to go to Hawaii. Great place. Great place to ascend. That's where I would want to ascend to. Yeah, it's beautiful. So here's part three. I thought the one woman who was, they, they interviewed, she was a writer for the yeah. Crestone Times. I thought she she made a very good point. She's like, she trained them not to see her as a human being. Yeah. And she, they stopped treating her like a human being. And I was like, yeah. that. I mean, I was just like, yeah, that she, she caused this herself. And I thought that was yeah. so interesting. Like, when people do that to themselves of like you, Amy, you wanted to feel, cause I think this was the other part of it too, of why she liked this and how she got here was she wanted to be seen. She wanted to feel special. She wanted to feel something. And I think that it's back to, if she could get one of these bad boys to, you know, stop being a bad boy and love her, or if she mm-hmm. could, if she could, um, you know, I don't know, get someone's attention. If she could, um, feel good about herself, if she could do this, if she could do that, she would, she would finally feel complete. And I think that she thought that, oh, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll have these, all these people love me mm-hmm. and it'll be great. And it's like, yeah. And then they killed you because they didn't yeah. get you help. Yeah. Anyway. I loved, I loved that woman. Um, Mary Lowers, the reporter, yeah, she, she um, was great. She had this great line in the very like one of the first scenes where she said talking about Crestone. Mm-hmm. And she says, um, she says that uh there are places where the veil is thin between the worlds, and this is one of those places. Weird shit mm-hmm. happens here. 
<laughs> I thought that was such a, like, a, you know, because you can, I know what she's talking about. Yeah. <laughs> I know, I know places like it that. It makes me want to go to Crestone. <laughs> I'm like, let me, I want to check this place out. What is this place? And I guess, is Mount Shasta the other place that people, I didn't know Mount Shasta was such the place that <sighs> well, I don't think travel it is. to. I, I don't think it's, well, is it a, a place where a, a people ascend or or it's just where the Galactics told her to go? And it's mm. sort of random. I have been like, to Mount Shasta in a long time. It's I've not never, far from here. No, it's what's well, Northern California, well, extreme Northern California, but I don't know. Um, I don't know who came anyway. up with this. Robin Williams. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Blame him. Yes. Um, so then we get on to part three, and it starts off by by you know what? You know who's gonna blow up your spot? Your Gen Z kid. <laughs> They're gonna get on TikTok and talk about you. Mm. So Maddie gets on TikTok and tells the story, and um, you know, she knows her mom is Mother God, and you know, mm-hmm. she wants to tell her tale. Yeah, so this is this is uh, July of 2020 and they go to Kauai and um, she's starting to turn blue. Like yes. in this scene, you know, when, when they're in Hawaii, she's starting to turn blue. And this is when um, her sister Tara contacts Dr. Phil and yes. um, Amy, because she's just loves attention. She willingly agrees to go on Dr. Phil. She said she thought it would be Oprah. You know, she thought she would make her, big debut on oprah but she'll take dr phil um yeah but she loves dr well. phil yeah <laughs> she, she she likes dr phil but mm-hmm. yeah it, it just it didn't go anywhere like it it they didn't well show and the family was it, mad but. too the family was mad too because the um because they felt like dr phil was going to intervene there was a lot of miscommunication because right. I think or or the producers promised something that they didn't deliver or something went, yeah. went awry. I don't know why you would think that Dr. Phil would be your savior or why mm-hmm. you would think Dr. Phil. I mean, I understand the family felt like they were at their wits end with this and wanted or, or something. But it was just. But what's I he supposed know. to do? I, what, what I don't I don't do? know. I don't know what they thought he could do, because the reality is, unless she's willing to get help, there's nothing you can do. There's nothing you can do. So it's not on Dr. I mean, I'm I'm with I don't, you know, justice for Dr. Phil, because I don't think it's on him. He can't he can he can <laughs> say here's a treatment no. center and here you go and we can set you up for it and get you there but he can't make her change her mind about any of these things and amy your mother god shouldn't you already know that your parents your mom and your sister are there to kind of try to convince you or talk you out of these things i mean Mm -hmm. hello so everybody you know egos oh yeah but then amy really screws up amy makes a huge she makes a huge misstep she says and I can't remember. This came out because it was in a video. She says that she's Probably. Pele. The goddess. Who of is. Hawaiian volcano goddess. Yes. And ooh, do not say you're Pele. Because yeah. the Hawaiian people do not want to hear that. They are not putting up with this shit. 
Hawaiians are not putting up with this crap. No, they literally ran her out of town. They were a, a yeah. group of them came to her house and were outside yelling and and uh, we're not going to leave until she left. And she literally yeah. had to just like leave in the middle of the night or something. No, the mayor came. The mayor came and removed her. The mayor showed up and said, you got to get the fuck out of here. You're not Pele. Go. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Like smashed her windows. They were like, get out of here. So don't, <laughs> yeah, that was, don't mess around in Hawaii, people. Because yeah, they're not going to take your crap. That yeah. was really intense. So the next place they had to flee to was um, back to Mount Shasta. Oh, oh, I have written down here. No, no, some no. new age people yeah. think that that's a portal. Mm. Mount Shasta is a portal. Yeah, I think they go back. They go back to Colorado. They go back to Colorado first, and then they go back to Sh- Mount Shasta because she's very depressed. Like she goes back to Colorado. She's super depressed. But they still had to keep making money for her. She wasn't on camera anymore, but they kept having to make money. And then in March of 2021, she goes to Mount Shasta. And that's where she's supposed to ascend. But she doesn't ascend. And then the Galactics come back and they say, well, you need to go back to Oregon. And um, then we see Hope and Aurora telling her it's time to go. She's very, very blue. Um, she's dying like she's it's just this is so sad like yeah watching her um and and finally she died you know yeah well this is what i love are all these her quote-unquote medicines so the galactics are okay with taking xanax and gabapentin Mm -hmm. because that's what she was taking towards the end i'm like oh these galactics are really okay with all these drugs (laughs) go on but yeah well, yeah. But yeah, she she dies and Jason says, well, we need to keep going. We just need to keep going. So for three days, they keep taking care of her. Like they think she's she was alive. alive. They, yeah. yeah. They're like, look, her. Oh, they had, they were measuring like electromagnetic activity or near her body, yeah. saying that her body was producing electricity, that her yeah, hearts are that. still beating that her body is warm. Uh, I, I don't think so. And th- they're calling it like it's a resurrection. Wait, so I don't understand that electro, that thing. They kept showing us how they would move the electra, the that electrode thing yeah. and, to her and it would be zero and then it would go back to Amy and it would be like 260. What is that thing? And why, what is, what is making that? Well, so I'm like, is it just because someone has some jewelry on or something? Like, no, well, you you do have elect electrical um, stuff happening. You know, your your brain sends. Um, mm-hmm. I believe I'm not a doctor, but I, I believe that there's there is um, electromagnetic activity in the body where the brain mm-hmm. sends signals to places in the body. But I don't know. Like they're measuring it with some machine. I mean, I don't know. Obviously, she's dead. We all know she's dead. Yeah. Um, but they, they just, I think they just kind of don't know what to do. Like, because they thought that she was going to ascend and they wouldn't have to deal with her body. <laughs> they thought, yes. they thought that the aliens <laughs> or the spaceship or whatever was going to come or and pick Robin her, Williams at or least. Or Robin Williams. 
or, you know, Prince, whoever showed up, you know, and they they weren't going to have to deal with a dead body. Well, now they have a dead body and they they do not know mm-hmm. what to do. So they put her in the car. They wrap her up, you know, in a sleeping bag. Um, or maybe that happened later, but they they put her in the car and put her like put a hat on her because they actually get pulled over by the police. They put yeah. a hat on her and put her in the back seat and made it look like she was just sleeping. So um, then they got pulled over, but the cop thought it was just someone sleeping, I guess. And they camped with her in the forest as they drove the body um, to some place in Oregon. And they were still waiting for the Galactics to come and pick her up. And they just yeah. never came, never came. And yeah. uh, the, the, and they, they were really in a pickle. Um, but yeah. basically, they ended up going all the way back to Colorado. They traveled through five states with a dead body wrapped in a sleeping bag and Christmas lights on it. And oh, God. as this as this is happening, Michael drains the bank account. Yes. And I knew it. I was like, <laughs> God damn it. I knew this guy was going to do this because guess what? I knew this. Nothing was in Amy's name. Not no. nothing. The, the, every no. the house that they lived in was in my M- Michael Miguel's name. Mm-hmm. Everything was in his name. So the minute these guys showed up with Amy's body, he was like, "What the what? Like what is going on?" And he said, "Okay, here's my chance." He goes to the police and mm-hmm. says, "Hi, there's these people. They're in my home <laughs> with a dead body. Can you get them out for me?" Yeah, I and had nothing to do with this in the beginning. Yeah, I love yeah. that how he he acted like he had nothing to, and he didn't have anything to do with the moving her body or try because he never left. He. Michael always stayed he yeah because he was not into he was just using these people he was playing the long game he was not interested in traveling around with them looking for spaceships he's back Mm -hmm. at home like making sure that the money is straight you know and that the products are being sold and you know money's coming Mm -hmm. in yes yes yeah. And so and apparently like he, he dissolved all of the websites. He got like 330,000 in total, which honestly, I thought they would have a lot more than that. Mm-hmm. They must have spent I mean, I can imagine like they traveled around a lot. They had a lot of big houses, but that house and Crestone look like a piece of crap. Like how much could that rent be? Yeah, they're not or super. whatever it is. Super but I mean, nice the, they're big. They're nice. I mean, Mount Shasta and um, some of these other places they were in look nice. Ashland is a nice place. So, I mean, I, I don't know. I I not quite sure because it seemed like they were selling a lot. They would get random donations just to donate. Mm-hmm. So that was really surprising too. I don't know. I just thought there would be more, but anyway. Yeah. And they actually, the police actually charged some of these folks with, um, you know, mishandling a corpse. Uh, the, the charges were eventually dropped, but yeah. Um, but, but yeah, it's you know, the, they did an autopsy and the mm-hmm. autopsy was organ failure from anorexia, alcohol abuse and colloidal silver. Yeah. And so this is the, (laughs) this is the other part too, is like, what do these followers believe? Right? What do these followers believe is happening here? 
You, you know, like you, okay, this is what she, she died from the colloidal silver. Are you still pushing this? Yeah. She died from anorexia. She died from yeah. alcohol abuse. All of the things that you were gil- giving her to cure her. And she never ascended. That was the big yes. thing that the galactics were telling them, you know, or telling Amy and Amy's telling her followers that this is going to happen. And they talked about it incessantly and they talked about it excitedly, you know, like hope yes. and Aurora would go on their live stream and they would be like, mother is ascending. This is just so wonderful. And, oh, we're all so excited. And, you know, it's going to be wonderful. And then I'm thinking, okay, and then what? Let's say she does Uh ascend. We talked about this earlier. Then what happens? What do you think is going to happen for you? How do you think, what's going to, how is your life going to get any better? Uh So, (sighs) yeah. Yeah, the whole, the group, well, the group at first, the group that wasn't arrested, because everyone who was actually physically in the house at the time that the body showed up gets arrested, charges get dropped. A bunch of them end up in Vermont. They like fl- go as far as they can. And the believers still feel like they completed the mission. Um, but then we see everybody a year later and mm. get updates on their lives. And they're all still Jesus Christ. They I mean, for the most part in it. it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, Hope yeah. hasn't t- seen or talked to her mom in 10 years. Which is crazy. And, um, I, Hope calls her. And, you know, the mother is very careful about what she says because she's trying to establish, mm-hmm. you know, uh, some communication here. She she says, you know, thank you for calling me. And she says, I never meant to hurt you. And it, Hope is still very, very thin. And she, mm-hmm. we watch her shopping at a grocery store or something i know yeah but then then we find out that aurora um went back to florida and she's like this Mm -hmm. she's like florida's very 3d and she's like i'm going to see my earth mom i mean i always thought aurora she because she talked about how she came from like a you know wealthy like I don't know, South yeah. Beach, Palm Beach, wherever it's, she's yeah, driving and I was through like, some what nice neighborhood, neighborhood this is. This is kind of like a middle class neighborhood here. I Do mean, you know but, what I mean? I was like, yeah. shouldn't she be in a wealthier neighborhood? I don't know. I don't know. I thought it looked pretty nice. But um, no. she says so she's going to see her Earth mom. She And she's just very flat. She's, mm-hmm. I don't know. But Aurora and Hope live near each other in Florida. And they co-host a 5D spirituality web web series. series so what is then so we all live in 3d yeah. 2d is something that's on paper right what is know. what would 4d be and what would 5d be i have no idea i'm so confused that's all made up i mean you know yeah i guess i guess i three, figure out something. 3d is just the earthly world that everyone else lives in and th- but these people are special so they have to make up a new name they live in 5d whatever the hell that means mm-hmm. i don't know it's a, this is all made up yes um so jason <laughs> jason this is funny i think yeah this is funny. jason and so jason father god and john father multiverse, multiverse. they live together in wisconsin yeah, and they post they, videos together and together yes they have a company called joy reigns and they do videos together so they're sticking sticking with this i think jason's like i'm gonna keep riding this out faith is a healer in colorado she was doing this stuff before el moira 
is in Florida. He's got 40,000 followers on Telegram. What's Telegram? No idea. I've never even heard of that. <laughs> um, Buddha and Mary <laughs> were an odd pairing. They're roommates in yeah. Colorado. That's an odd couple. Uh, but the one good thing is Aaron in Colorado. She's in Colorado now, and she's reunited with her three kids. So that was very positive. I was like, oh, thank God. Yeah, how did but, that happen? Me- yeah, Miguel declined to be part of the film. Of course. I, I have I have one other little theory about this film, just in terms of the time, because I do think that certain um, you know, I mean, cults cults always come up. There's always, you know, there's always cults, but I think that that there's you know, we were talking about escaping twin flames and why that came about and and how that came to popularity because of um, a combination of the internet and um, just how isolated we've become. And then, you know, the pandemic and how people felt lonely. Mm-hmm. Um, I think what's interesting about this is I think a lot of these people that a lot of this started to happen around the 2000, 2006, 2007, 2008, like these years were hard for a lot of people. I think mm-hmm. that if you were young yeah. and graduating from high school or college during those years, you know, there's a lot of like, what was the purpose of all of this? Right. You know, I work with, since I work with young people, it's always interesting. Cause I have, you know, when I work with millennials, I always kind of put them in two different camps. I have the millennials who graduated during those years, uh, college, like the 2008, 2009, 2010, those years. And then I have other millennials that are, you know, younger who graduated in 2013, 2014, 2015. And they have these, even though they're part of the same generation, they had very different experiences because of what was going on. You know, the, the ones that graduated during the height of the recession, a lot of them ended up going to grad school when they didn't really want to and kind of had paths. Some of them really struggled for a long time to find their, their path. Some of them, you know, their confidence got rocked a lot because they, you know, because of just how hard it was. Um, and uh, so it's it's interesting sort of seeing sort of the time, the timing of everything that I think a lot of these people, there there was also, you know, the couple of these people were connected to Oxycontin and painkillers, like mm-hmm. there was the Oxycontin thing was happening at the time. I mean, obviously, it's still still happening. But the rise of that coupled with the recession, I think that was interesting, too. I think it was just sort of, I just think that that she attracted a lot of these people that were feeling a really lost. And they talked a lot about, even though they were constantly getting money and it was a for-profit business, they talked a lot about, you know, the 3D world. What did that represent? That mm-hmm. represented this world that was unfair, unjust, right? Because what was happening was, you know, these, these banks and, and, um, you know, everything that was, I I can't exactly, I barely understand everything that happened in 2008 anyway, but like just the fact that, well, it was the housing market. Yeah. The housing market, the housing market crashed. And then, then there was a recession and yeah, I think you're onto something. This was, I think a real millennial kind of, uh, because all all those people living in the house, except for like Mary and uh, they were millennials. And I think that, you know, it's interesting because our generation, Gen X, we kind of had the same thing happen to us, but we reacted very differently. So like, for so like when you don't get the life you think you're going to get in terms of, you know, you come out of college and you can't find a job, even though you've been told go to college and you'll be able to get a good job. If you're not able to buy a house, 
if you're not able to, you know, it's the American dream, you know, that's promised mm-hmm. to every generation. And, but we had the same thing, you know, when I graduated in 91, it was a big recession. It was the first Iraq war. Things weren't great, you know, um, but our generation kind of did, we were like, okay, well, I guess I'll go back to school and, you know, get a law degree. I guess I'll do this. I'll just keep going. I'll just put my head down and keep going, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm not going to, I'm just going to keep going. And whereas I feel like the, a lot of the millennials, they kind of get just, I don't know. That's like they, this is, it's a shock to their system and they can't move past it. And so then they go mm-hmm. out and they search for, okay, well, if I can't have the life that I thought I was going to have that, you know, was promised to me by America, you know, then I'm going to go out and I'm going to do my own thing and I'm going to make my own community. And um, I'm not going to work within the system. And and Gen Zers Mm -hmm. are even more like that. They don't they don't work within the system. They do their own thing. They Mm -hmm. figure out ways to you know, can't get a job. Okay, well, I'm gonna start my own business online or, you know, I mean, there's, they have so many more options, obviously, than we did. But yeah, yeah, that was, I just found like, yeah, like we talked about all these people had like big disappointments in their life and just that kind of derailed them. Yeah. Well, so I talk a lot about the generations and the generations at work. And if anyone would like to hire me to come to your company, I do do that to talk about the generations at work. Um, and, and, you know, what I think is really interesting because I've had this conversation with many, many people of various ages. Mm-hmm. And what's been really interesting is I think that baby boomers, you know, they were taught life is hard. If you work hard, you might, you may get something for it. Mm-hmm. And then we came around and I think we were really taught um, you know, life is hard, but if you work hard, you will get something from it and, you know, you, you will be happy. And then I think what happened with millennials was you, if you work really hard, you will be happy. The the problem Mm -hmm. is, is that that sort of story changed, you know, with baby boomers, they, their story of what they were told by their parents was happiness is not a guarantee. Mm-hmm. by any means like it you know work hard and you'll get something from it their parents i feel like the de- their parents lived through the depression yeah. so relatively speaking I, yeah if you had a house yeah. and a car and you know your bills were paid and there was food on the table life was great yes you but know? happiness was never a guarantee and mm-hmm. then i feel like an, i feel like the boomers then had us you know our parents are a little our parents are a little bit slightly older than boomers, but, um, you know, the older boomers, the ones that were raised by the people who went through the depression, Mm -hmm. they feel like, Oh God, that was so heavy handed by my parents. I want to give my kids some hope. So we were taught, right. That, yeah, you know, you have to work hard. That's important. But if you work hard, you will get something and, you know, you, yeah, you should seek some happiness in this, but don't forget to work hard in there and you have to pay dues. And I think we went into the workforce and into life with a lot more reality of what it's going to take. Mm-hmm. What happened with millennials, and I do have to defend them, is this, is, is that their parents who were uh, young, like older boomers, young yeah, Gen young Xers, Gen X. however you yeah. want to, de- you know, how you want to describe them. I think for them, they were really reeling against, you know, millennial parents really, really wanted to give their kids a different kind of life. Mm-hmm. 
You know, they really wanted their kids to have a good life, a special life. At the same time, there was a lot of misinformation. You know, this was during the time where everyone was getting red ribbons and, and, um, you know, everyone gets a prize and everyone needs to be praised and everyone needs to be told how important they are, right? There was a lot of misinformation about how you build someone's self-esteem. And the thought was like, let's make everybody a winner. And so millennials were raised with this idea of we're all winners, we're all special, and let's not tell them how hard life is. Let's just tell them that, you know, you're special, you're good, that'll make them feel good. And they and they are hard workers. It's just that no one really mentally prepared them that like, things are 20 times harder than you think they are. And they had social media. So all they saw growing up was how easy life was for other people Mm -hmm. because that's what was being presented to them. Mm -hmm. So what happened was, and then, then they, they absolutely, they they graduate. They were sold this bill of goods of if you do everything right, you will be happy. You will get a job. And then at the exact time we have the worst recession ever. And then their dreams are like completely dashed. So it really was this perfect storm of, so many things happening at the same time. Um, and I think that unfortunately, this is where a lot of this like whininess and the, and the, you know, feelings that they got was that it, a lot of it was just a combination of misinformation because what I think Gen Zers are very different because I think we know so much more about parenting now and how to parent. It's about growth mindset and resilience and like teaching kids how to get past difficult things you know, you, you survive that challenge and good for you and you can do it. It's like praising the growth, praising being, um, um, uh, not like, you know, being okay with emotions, but also praising them for rising the, to the occasion. It's not the outcome. It's yeah, it's not the outcome. It's, you know, showing up and all of that kind of stuff. So I think, but you're right. And that was the same thing with Twin Flames, the Twin Flames documentary. It was also a lot of, you know, millennials too, who were looking, who are lonely, looking for love. Because again, that sort of expectation or belief of what life is going to be and what love is going to look like. Mm-hmm. I think, unfor- and, you know, again, first generation that, you know, grew up when everyone had a public forum to criticize them so oh yeah well that's key the the internet you know is it's the best invention ever and the worst invention ever yes you know it's just it's it's amazing and um you know hopefully uh i think kids are now starting to learn how to navigate it and use it but when i when it first started it was kind of like well i don't know no one it's it's still bad it's still bad but that has to be, and now we got to start teaching that, like how to, yeah, how to yeah, deal with all that. But anyway, yeah, yeah this was a, yeah. it was a very interesting documentary. It was, and, um, it was. You know, it had had it all. It had some funny moments, <laughs> some, <laughs> some sad, dark moments. Yeah, <laughs> but um, yeah, it is. It is. It's really, really sad. I, you know, I do wonder if. If someone had, you know, if someone had intervened and took her to a hospital, if she could have, you know, gotten help, if she could have gotten into treatment, could she have gotten herself out of this and, you know, reunited with her kids? I don't know. I think it's really sad. We see her two older children and just, you know, not having a mother and Mm -hmm. how hard that must be. And, um, 
you know, it looks seems like maybe Linda had to raise them and that I'm sure yeah. Linda, that was more than Linda really wanted to do. And, and, you know, that all of that. So yeah, that's a lot. Yeah. And I mean, 10 finding out, uh, we have some bad news. Your mom left. I mean, Jesus Christ, yeah. that I poor know. 10 year old. It's rough. It's terrible. So anywho, well, um, Thank you so much for tuning in. We really, really appreciate it. Um, if you do not follow us um, and subscribe to our podcast, uh, please do. And if you haven't already, please give us a five-star review, rating and review. Um, and we are on social media at Psych Legal Pop, uh, TikTok and um, Instagram. And, um, again, on Tuesdays, we are continuing, continuing our sister wives coverage for the time being. And on Thursdays we are doing documentaries. Um, and I think that's it. Yeah. Yeah. And if you have any suggestions, please reach out and, um, give us your suggestions. Um, we do, we do, even if we don't do them, we do look at everything and talk about it. We just both have to agree on it. So, and sometimes we don't agree so anyway thanks so much we'll uh we'll see you next time thanks bye bye